0: Not even 30 years old, Mason Rudolph's NFL career has seen the highest of highs and lowest of lows. From Pittsburgh trading up to pick him in the third round of the NFL draft in 2018 out of Oklahoma State, to being knocked out in a game, to the famous incident in 2019 when Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns ripped Mason's helmet off, then hit him in the head with it. He's been elevated to starter, then down to the practice squad, then back to starter as he was near the end of this past season in 2023 when he led the Steelers to three straight wins to close out the season and reach the playoffs. Through it all, Mason has clung to the foundation of faith laid out by his parents and then cultivated on his own sense. I started the conversation by asking Mason where he grew up.
1: From uh, from Rock Hill, it's a small town south of Charlotte, under the border um, in South Carolina, and um, yeah, I was um, raised by two great parents, um, Brett and Jamie, uh, my two great parents that were. Uh, my my mother actually homeschooled my my brother and I. Logan, um, who's my brother, um, for till I was. Till i was in the fifth grade it was my last year so k through fifth grade my brother went went, went through until about third grade and then we um we we uh enrolled at a christian school and so um i i was very uh yeah i was very fortunate i i, I enjoyed i enjoyed uh you know going to school at the kitchen table <laughs> For the first my first few years with my brother and um you know, I, I remember it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't all smooth sailing. You know, there was brother's fight, you know, there was no, no shocker there, but so we would, I, I can remember many times my mother calling my dad, you know, after separating a fight, and, you know, put him, and my dad would say, put him on the phone and, you know, he'd say, you're, you're, you're both getting spankings when you come home, you know, you're, <laughs> you're both in trouble. So it was, it was uh, it was a lot of fun, but there you know obviously you go crazy when you've just got one classmate there sometimes and it happens to be your brother so um good memories uh have had an athletic you know athletic parents um athletic kind of active culture that we, we brother and I both played multiple sports uh, basketball football and baseball growing up um I was a couple of years older than Logan um my dad played uh, middle linebacker at North Carolina uh, for Dick Crumb in the in the mid '80s. Uh, my mother ran track at at Liberty uh, in Virginia, and so so I, I had a nice pool of genetics my you know, my family. My my brother did as well, and and uh, we're we're you know very thankful to to have uh, solid parents, a solid home, and then obviously a bonus of. You know, both of them understanding you know what it takes to play collegiate athletics, um, understanding you know uh, the importance of getting your degree as well, and and so they, they pushed us, and um, yeah, we were, we we're very thankful for that. And they pushed us, but they also sort of we had fun playing and demonstrating. And I don't remember my mother was, you know, she'd come home after a basketball game and demonstrate how how to properly box out. You know, and, and I was like, "Mom, you don't you don't know what you're talking about." You know, but it, it was uh, not, not all kids have that, and I've learned I've learned that as I've grown, and so very
0: thankful. You know, um, as a parent of an athletic son myself, I was thankful actually to have a daughter who grew up in the theater, and so I could actually go and watch her perform in musicals or plays, and just enjoy what she was doing because I had no idea, you know, because I was an athlete, you know, growing up as well, but my poor son, same thing, as he grew up and I would watch him play, you know, all I could see a lot of times were some of those issues that he was having, and so I would, you know, tend to be more corrective, you know, that way as opposed to just enjoying watching him play, but so I was thankful to have my my, uh, daughter who was a theater person. But I grew up in a Christian household, and I know that I wanted my kids to grow up in that kind of a household too. But there had to be a point where my uh, relationship with the Lord became my own and not just something that I acquired through my parents. Did you go through the same thing?
1: I did, and I just had a funny thought, uh, some common ground between us. Already, my uh, you you talked about your your daughter being involved in theater. My, um, I, I, I kind of feel the same way. I, uneducated in that field with, with my brother now, who's who's uh, uh, become an actor post college. Played football at Clemson and graduated, and and so he's uh, done a couple lifetime movies and and um, just got out of a writer strike. So he's he's been uh, doing hitting some auditions as things get back rolling and you know i'm nice. very supportive but i you know i don't i don't know much like you i don't know that world and you know it's it's hard for me to add any any sort of you know advice because i just it's, it's a whole different industry but uh but, but a fun one yeah um to your to your question um yeah absolutely i i think you know that's one of the, it's a kind of a blessing and a curse, I guess. of growing up in a, you know, strong Christian home where you're, you have no choice. I mean, you're, you're going to church on Sundays and your parents are taking you to Bible study or, or some sort of a youth group during the week. And, um, you know, at, at that age, maybe you'd, you'd prefer to be out in the yard, throwing the ball or shooting, shooting baskets, opposed to going to meeting with kids after school you know, additionally. But, uh, yeah I think for me it was it was when i went to Oklahoma state and, and um yeah i mean I, I i guess I had you know you're you're in charge of your own time now you you, you you're your own person you're much more independent and just the blink of an eye after you get dropped off and um yeah i you know i i tried to make, make time to stay connected whether that was FCA or you know we, there was a bible study. As a player led that I was involved with and then, um, you know, church in the off season, or when I wasn't too, wasn't too banged up after a Saturday game. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think your freshman year I kind of, um, decided, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make my faith my own and not, not just a, a, a continuation of my parents sort of, uh,
0: routine. And it's interesting too, and we're going to get to some of these things that have that have transpired in your life since then too. Uh, because when I when I look at even just your NFL career, um, it's dizzying. You know, if I if this was a roller coaster, you know, I'd be having to take a bag with me because you've had so many ups and downs. You know, in your career, in your short career uh, so far. Uh, and some of, the, some of these things that have happened, I, I, I can only imagine that you had to call on the Lord to help you get through some of them. But before we get to that, t- talk about, if you will, Mason, uh, you know, in high school, obviously uh, an outstanding football player, all-stater, uh, sought after by many colleges to play football. Did you also play basketball and baseball and some of the other sports available at your school?
1: I did. I, I played uh, baseball up until my, well, I guess my eighth grade year was was the last last year of playing baseball. So I was pretty much just football and, and basketball through high school. Uh, took the spring off so that I could try and you know bulk up and and gain a few pounds uh, for for football. I guess you know also you have you have spring practice for basketball for football rather too. So I didn't want to didn't want to miss out on. On that, and, and you know, with uh, teams coming through, visiting, and recruiting, you know, wanted to be wanted to be able to be to be seen and uh, working out, throwing for colleges.
0: So, speaking of colleges, you choose Oklahoma State. Uh, obviously, there, I guess, there would have been a little bit of pressure, maybe, because your dad went to North Carolina, and Liberty now, of course, has pretty good football. I don't know if there's any issues there to maybe you know at least visiting liberty, but what other colleges uh were did you consider before you made the choice to go to Oklahoma state
1: yeah um you know funny enough north carolina didn't didn't really um you yeah, they they sort of kept an eye on me but they didn't they never offered me a scholarship um, and uh but you know it worked out well i'm I'm happy. Thankful for the way, for uh, you know, the opportunity I had Oklahoma State, but uh, but it really came down to LSU. Um, Les Miles was at was at LSU, and, and he offered me. That was my first scholarship offer, and, and uh, within my junior year of high school, and so yeah, it, it was kind of weighing the option of you know a pro style system, you know, in the SEC, probably not going to throw in as much. Um, you know, that was, those are the days of the Leonard for. For Nat, I remember mm-hmm. watching football. they you know, watching LSU on on TV after I made the decision to go to Oklahoma State, and you know, it was a lot of it was a lot of tough sweeps to Leonard and and uh, you know, five, six, eight, ten yards in a in a, in a cloud of dust. <laughs> and you know, they they had a lot. I mean, they had a, a ton of receivers. They had a DJ Chark, um, Trey Quinn. I remember. Uh, Al-Qaeda They they had some serious receiving receiving talent, but just the offense that they ran, I don't think. You know, I don't think it really highlighted the pass game as much. And then, you know, a few years later, when when uh, I think Brady, Joe Brady and and then Burrow got there, they started to kind of throw it around more. And, and so, um, but uh, yeah, it, it was LSU at the end of the day. I, I, I was, you know, Oklahoma State. I felt like I had a better relationship with, with, with Mike, uh, with the two Mikes, you and Gundy at the time. And, um, you know, they, uh, they didn't have a ton of quarterbacks. They had, they had to just had a guy named West Lunt, um, transfer. So they were kind of in a, had a, had a need, uh, almost in a deficit of bodies. And, um, you know, I knew, I knew I'd be able to come in and compete, you know, Early and and try to get in the field, so that's what
0: did it. And you did uh, in that in that freshman season. Um, I saw you and just just in case anybody's wondering, you know the connection here. How how did this happen? I actually am watching the Bedlam game and I see you on the sideline uh, of that Bedlam game, which um, made me think. You know when guys go back. to their colleges, uh, universities. Um, and I don't know if, it was, if that was a special occasion, you know, in particular, or it was Bedlam and you had a week off, so you went to watch the game. But I saw you there, and I thought, you know what? I, I, man, I need to reach out to Mason because I think I, I'd really like to interview him. I think he's got a great story. Even as a young guy now, he's got a great story to tell. And when I did reach out, at the time, you had agreed – Uh, to uh, be a subject of a podcast and then things really started happening quickly for you (laughs) because you became the starter and you went on this tear uh, this past season and we'll get to that here in a minute but uh, then you know of course I I thought well I can't reach out now because he's he's a starter and he's he's got other things he needs to think about and do. So I'm glad that you, after the season's over now that you uh, agreed to, to do this. But that was the thing that yeah. caught my eye. You went back to OSU to watch a game. Was it just because of an off week, or why were you uh, back on the sideline in Stillwater?
1: Yeah, we had a uh, Thursday night game. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've, I've still got a, a lot of close friends, both. Um, you know, uh, coaching staff as well as family, friends that that um, you know relationships I I made during my four years there, and so um, yeah, we, we I actually was invited out by a by a friend to the game, and I said, hey, you know, <laughs> this is going to be kind of a last minute decision because if we if we lose this Thursday night game, you know, we'll be in we'll have to come into the building and 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 watch the film and. You know, review the review the tape and sort of that the longer process whereas we we got the wind last minute and you know, I said, Hey, I'm coming and flew out to uh to Stillwater the next day, Friday and so um yeah, it, it was perfect timing. You know, you had great weather for, for the last bedlam mm-hmm. home game. Um and I had the weekend off and I, my parents joined me out in Stillwater as well and so it was uh Really, only the second game as a uh, as an alumni that I'd been back for, and so um, my goodness, you know, it couldn't have been a better day of just seeing a bunch of <clears throat> seeing a bunch of dear friends, um, you know, a couple couple guys I played with still on the team. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that actually. It's been six. I think I think more support staff. There's some guys that former players that, you know, JW Walsh, um, yeah. And, and then got to see Gundy and, and his sons and um, so it was it was a treat uh, we, we had a great time and you know Oklahoma State always uh, you know always they they, uh, they show us to a great time every time we're back and we're we, you know got to meet uh, Dr. I believe it's Shrum the new uh, president of the university and yep. Chad, Chad Weidberg is a uh, friend and, and uh, you know Rob Glass uh, the list goes on there's so many quality people there, and, and um, you know, obviously Mike Gundy and, and his long uh, stretch of consistent winning is, is uh, unfortunate. I know I know a lot of my teammates who, you know, they go back to their university, but you know their 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 head coach has been fired years ago, and so I've got what a great bond to go back to the place where you have, you know the people, and you know that's that's really what what counts.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, listen, you had a great career at Oklahoma State. You were Johnny Unitas, Golden Arm Award winner, Sammy Baugh Trophy Award winner, uh, second team All-Big 12, Camping Bowl MVP. I mean, a lot of awards came your way. And then Pittsburgh uh, takes you in the uh, 2018 draft uh, in the third round. They actually traded their third round and seventh round picks to uh, move up in order to get you in that third round the 76th uh, pick overall was that a surprise to you or were you thinking you were going somewhere else? Um, You know Mike Tomlin
1: recently told I guess me as well as the team uh, that that he was he was a great job with any sort of a pregame motivational speech but this was the, the day before the game and just going around the room, picking guys out, and just talking about how how much overlap there is, and how small the football world really is when you get to the top, and how everybody knows everybody, and he's point you know, pointed pointing guys out of the out of out of the crowd there, and sitting in the team meeting, and kind of telling them how they got there and, and what was the deciding factor in his mind and the GM's mind, why they brought him, why they made him a stealer. For me, it was uh, he said, Rudolph, you know we. We went, I went to Stillwater to go get James Washington. You know, I <laughs> wasn't. Um, you weren't really on the top of top of the list, and and uh, but once we got there, we we just kind of, you know, we felt comfortable with you. We we liked you on tape, and and we liked what people said about you, you, you know, your your character, and so, um, yeah. So I uh, I did I, you know, Mike Mike T and and Kevin Colbert both came to my pro day there. Um, obviously that was because of James I I found out a couple months ago but um, (laughs) yeah I I I had a conversation with both of them after after the um, pro day and there was only a number of head coaches there so I I can't say I was totally shocked I mean I know Mike I now know Mike Tomlin has a a, sort of a a love for pro days and he loves to be an evaluator I think he hits I mean, he had a heck of a lot of pro days, and so probably more so than other head coaches. And, and um, but I knew that was significant his presence at the, at the pro day. So when I saw a Pittsburgh area area code calling me on draft line, I wasn't totally shocked, but I was I was excited. And you know, there was absolutely a, a some some significant part of being surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, growing up in South Carolina, where there is not a pro football team, uh, did you grow up a fan of the Carolina Panthers, or was there another team that you gravitated to?
1: No, we, we yeah, we, we um, I'm uh, kind of grew up with um, being family friends with the Gibbs family. Uh, Joe, Joe Gibbs' uh, son, J.D., and... Coy and and I was uh, still to this day. I just saw him this weekend. Actually, uh, Jackson, Ty, Miller, um, Jason, and and um, Taylor Gibbs. They're all the grand, grandchildren of, of Joe and grand grand boys of Joe and and uh, we, we. So we. I guess I said that to say we, we grew up Redskins fans. We went to games. You know, back with Joe's second stint with the team and. Um, Rooted rooted for them. We lived in Virginia until I was about twelve years old, so that was a relatively quick uh commute to games and yeah. um you know, those are the Mark Brunel, uh Jason Campbell, Clinton Portis, uh Sean Taylor and, and um uh, the tight end's name. Chris Cooley days. So so uh yeah, Redskins fans and then we we relocated to the Charlotte area. Didn't you know, rooted for the Panthers but there wasn't that, that deep tie.
0: Now you know Mason they're called the Commanders now right I know I well you <laughs> know that at the time I know when I was a fan of <laughs> the Redskins I yeah. I get it I'm the same way yep. Um so in that rookie season uh with the Steelers you actually uh one of the guys that you beat out uh, uh to uh make the team or I mean you were going to make the team but was Landry Jones former Oklahoma quarterback that was it for Landry after that year uh, with Pittsburgh um, and then in 2019 uh, a couple of things happened and I, I really want to ask you just about being a Christian man and a, a couple of these things. One, you suffered a concussion uh, I'm not sure which week that would have been uh, playing against the Ravens and uh, in fact I guess were you completely knocked out at one point?
1: Yeah, it was. I was. I was unconscious for a couple minutes there. Uh, yeah, after I got hit. Yeah, I, I missed a game. Um, you know, I think the optics of, of being unconscious on the field and laying there kind of lifeless was, you know, I, I sort of knew as soon as I woke up that, uh, or as soon as I watched the clip because I didn't really remember it, to be honest with you, I uh, knew that I wasn't going to be able to play the next week, so we had a we had a uh I missed the following week and then we had a bye so I ended up ended up getting two two weeks of a, kind of a recovery yeah. yeah
0: well week 11 rolls around and in that game with the Cleveland Browns I mean the incident everybody has seen the video they you know that we heard about it uh if they haven't they can just they can google it go to YouTube whatever and and see the incident where Garrett Miles takes your helmet and tries to hit you over your head with it and uh, what I wanted to ask you about with that incident was how you reacted to it because and I know you were fined fifty thousand dollars for your part in that but he claimed at one point that you had uttered racial slurs before the altercation and I guess that's what he believed led him to to do that. And, and it, was, it was determined by talking to everybody that that never happened. You did not do that. How were you able to handle that? What was your thought process when that was going on uh, that you knew that there were people out there who believed, Miles Garrett, that, that you yeah. indeed had said these things that you didn't say? And I'm sure you were probably getting a lot of emails and messages you know, that probably weren't very kind.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, that's, that's a good way to put it. Um, yeah, I think, I think, well, I don't, I haven't talked about this in quite a while, but I, I, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned I did, I was fine some money from, from my role in it. I, I definitely think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I remember sort of, uh, you know, the way in which you took me down very slow and kind of laid on me after I was sacked and, um, you know i i did kind of push him off me and and you know looking back I, I shouldn't have done that and I should have kept my cool but i you know um, absolutely you know didn't didn't utter any sort of a a phrase or, or a, you know an appropriate phrase and that's been backed up by you know everyone on the field and you know my my head coach and everyone in our organization i think I think, uh, but yeah, when you're going through that, um, it's it's uh, you know I think I think that's kind of what I learned the social media lesson. You know, I was I was young, 24, and 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 you're reading stuff on Twitter, and I remember going home one day after practice, and I'm turn on the ESPN, and they're still talking about it. I say, oh, I need a, I'm going to go switch up, and I I go to Fox, and then CNN, and both of those networks are. Also, you know, debating about sort of who's in the wrong and this altercation, and so I was like, my gosh, I just had to turn the TV off and escape this. I'm gonna go knit a sweater, you know, read a book or something because <laughs> I got I got I to get off the TV. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I think, I think you think, oh my goodness, you know, you know, this is such such big news. You know, are, are people going to, to think I'm this? You know, in, in in one game, are people now going to kind of think I'm this uh, wildly, um, you know, you know, racist, or you know, who's going to believe this, or and you know, am I going to go into a restaurant and be, you know, be screamed at or cursed at because of you know this allegation? And I think you find out, man, that that sort of Twitter and instagram and social media is a is really a vacuum it's this it's this uh fairy tale land where um you know people get on there and they can anonym, anonymously say a lot and and if you let that sink into your skull that you'll you'll kind of you'll you'll let it you'll let the rat poison eat eat you away and and um you know never you know every time i've ever walked on the street in pittsburgh or, or out of pittsburgh and Very rarely do you have any sort of a. I mean, I don't. don't, People people don't have the kind of guts to really uh, publicly, even if they even if someone thinks you said it, nobody's going to say that. Nobody has the guts or the courage to say, you know, you're a bad guy. You know, it's it's Mm -hmm. it's always been positive positive comments, remarks from Steelers fans or, um, hey man, you know, rooting for you. You know, uh, congrats on on uh, some you know. I'm getting to getting to play towards the end of the year, but it's but uh, but I think you know that, that's when when it's all piling on and the notifications build up. As a, as a younger kid, I know from other from other teammates, it's, it's been a similar experience. You, you really just got to shut yourself off and unplug from it when you go through those tumultuous times, and and it's not it's not really a reflection of real life. It's not, you know, I, I think it. So that, that was an important lesson to learn and, and um you know thankful for my parents you know my head coach who took that on you know head on, mm-hmm. on on first take and sort of dismissed that knowing one knowing my character and um, yeah I, I, uh it was it was a str- it was a struggle it was it was a, it, a, definitely a distraction from play and I think that probably <laughs> contributed to me being benched the following week
0: did because sometimes when things like this happen Mason people kind of reach maybe a crossroads and they may blame you know God for allowing that to happen and then they drift further away from the Lord and their relationship was there um, did this uh, bring you closer in relationship to the Lord or did it have an impact at all?
1: Yeah I think I think the entire year season of 2019 you know from getting thrown in there um, after Ben gets hurt um, to <clears throat> to uh, getting knocked out a couple games later to going on, a, I think we were on a three or four game win streak. Then the Cleveland situation happens, and then the very next week I'm benched in Cincy. I come back, um, you know, uh, kind of regain my confidence, get get put back in towards the end of the year, start playing well, hit them that every very same game. Um, i i have a season season ending collarbone you know dislocation and missed the rest of the year so it was a it was a roller coaster and and um but but yeah to answer your question i think i think absolutely i i you kind of have nowhere to i mean yeah it, for me my faith was was absolutely a foundation where i turned to um when i was uh Going through it and uh, learned a lot of great lessons, and I think I've, you know, that that adversity absolutely hardened me for life, and I'm thankful for it today because I, I feel like I can I can go through a lot. I, I, I'm I'm um, I'm ready. I'm I'm, I'm battle tested for any any sort of adversity because of what transpired within about an eight to ten week you know count you know cycle there in 2019. So thankful for it and, and absolutely um you know god was sort of a you know i tried to rest in him or, or uh turn to the word prayer uh, all of it to to uh to make it through and, and i think it came out better for it
0: well and, and to your credit mason you declined to file criminal charges against him and because you know it's fortunate that he's not a very good shot because i mean if he would have really made direct contact with with that helmet i mean that could have done a lot of damage to you and who knows what you know would have been the result of that but the fact that you said no I'm not going to you know file criminal charges this is an nfl matter i I think that's a great testament to you and the kind of character that you have and I am curious as has has Garrett ever reached out with an apology after that incident
1: yeah you know um uh, this it, it, all happened so so long ago and i've spoken to spoken to this i i you know i yeah well, I, I we've seen miles twice a year and, and and he's he's been a good sport has he has he apologized? No, but, but, you know, we, I think we put, we put this thing to bed a long time ago. Oh, and, good. And, um, you know, uh, moving on. Uh, okay. Water under the bridge at this
0: point. Well, that's good. That's awesome. Well, let, speaking of moving on, let, I want to move on to this year. Uh, as I kind of alluded to, um, you know, uh, at the beginning of the year, you were, you were, you know, what, third on the depth chart and, um, hadn't seen any time uh, to speak of. And then through injury and circumstances, uh, you become the starter uh, this year. And man, you just go on this incredible role. I got to think Mason, that you were just waiting uh, on your time to shine. And the fact that it came at the time that it did, it was critically important for you to play well to get your team into the playoffs and man, did you play well?
1: yeah well thank you no it was it was um you know I'm still sort of shocked that that, that I did get an opportunity to play because it could been so long, um without getting on the field and just without really getting a break and um yeah i'm I'm uh thankful that I had I had the opportunity to Get back on the field and, and uh, God God bless me with some some good performances.
0: Well, I'll tell you, Mason. Any place would be fortunate to have you. Uh, you're not only a, you've got this great talent, but but um, you know you've you've got great character and you've shown that uh, through these ups and downs of your career so far. And so you know I'll be praying for you and that God puts you in the best situation uh, for you. Um, and not only from a lucrative standpoint, but also from a continuing, you know your career standpoint because you know you're eight, four and one as a starter. <laughs> and then there's there's very few quarterbacks you know that have that kind of a winning percentage uh, in their first few years in the league. And as, as we let you go, I did want to ask you, is there um, uh, a verse uh, from the Bible that that stands out to you or a story? Uh, in the book, that resonates with you that that you've thought about maybe more times than not about that person going through what they went through and and how that maybe comforts you at the time.
1: Yeah, there's. Um, uh, well, I think Romans three twenty three has always sort of hit home for me. I think I think. You know, uh, in, in the day and age of, I don't know, when, whenever I've come across someone who, I mean, when you have the opportunity to witness to somebody or just have a conversation with a teammate who may not be a, you know, a Christian or a believer, um, I think, man, it's, just, it's so important to not have the uh, the holier-than-thou or, or the more righteous-than-thou sort of uh, aura about yourself that, that we, as Christians, have it all figured out, because I think that's, that's the last that's the last thing uh, that's true I mean we, 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 we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God and um, you know Christians try to try to live by a you know sort of a code and, and try to be more like Christ every day and and, and um, you know spread His word or uh, spread love and unconditional love as best we can but we, we, we've we, we've all got our Inconsistencies. I think another one is uh, Romans five three through five says not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and and character produces hope. So that that was uh, sort of a you know one that when I when I look at my twenty nineteen season and the adversity, I think as I said, it it sort of uh, it makes us tougher. It makes us more prepared for life and how ruthless life can be. and it, it, it hardens our character.
0: My thanks to Mason Rudolph for being on Suit Up and I pray that he lands where God wants him to be to continue to flourish in the NFL. If you want to hear more inspirational stories like Mason's, just go to SuitUp611.com or Podbean.com and please give us a five-star rating.
1: When the enemy comes, no I'm